0: Okay, Steve. Okay. Let me ask you this question. Before you got involved with Scientology, if someone asked you how old you were, what would you have told them?
1: I would have said 28,
0: 29, right? After you got involved with Scientology and you learned the truth, how old would you have told someone you were if you...
1: 76 trillion years. Okay. Now, I should point out that that's 76 trillion Earth years, Uh but there's different kinds of time. There's linear time, there's uh, chronological time, there's three-dimensional time. On some of my uh, auditing folders, they go back to quadrillions and quintillions of years because there's a formula to convert that to Earth years. I just wanted to let you know so that there wouldn't be any problem with that. Okay.
0: Okay. Just as a, a way of our getting started, can you tell me some of the things that you've discovered about your history, both in this life and in your past lives, that came up in the course of your learning about
1: yourself through science? Well, the first thing I discovered is that I was not a body, but I was a spiritual being or a thetan operating a body. And once I had solid reality on that, I found out more about who I am, what I am, uh, where I've been all this time, why I'm here. Uh, much of the data that, that I know is, is in this library. There's a, a tape called The Roll of Earth, which talks about this planet as a prison planet, and that we are here because it's a dumping ground. We are the undesirables. And this is a place where no one else of any uh, knowingness really wants to be, because it's it's really a, a place for for undesirables, for nonconformists, for um, uh, for the artistic, uh, for criminals, for um, uh, uh, deviants. You know, different things like that. How was it that you came to learn about these things?
0: What was the mechanism through which it happened?
1: Well, through, through auditing, through training, through data, listening to tapes, reading books, um, proving a lot of it out on the meter, having it proved out on the meter, having verified some things that I thought could really be. I mean, I never knew why I didn't like certain things um, in the physical universe. Certain images annoyed me. and Like I, what, for example? Well... Uh, first I'll give you the earliest example when I was six months old I refused to drink milk and of course in uh, in those days the milk were in milk was in glass bottles they weren't in plastic bottles and when I was six months old I would take the bottle and smash it against the wall every time my mother would give me a bottle of milk yet I would drink apple juice orange juice I love orange juice to this day but milk smashed against the wall and my mother eventually gave up she went into apathy over it she just didn't give me milk anymore because she didn't want to clean up the glass but um, i often wondered how a six-month-old child who couldn't even speak yet would know to that extent why milk was so bad and i found out in scientology that i had been poisoned by a wife who gave me milk to drink, and it was poisoned milk. And that um, incident carried forward into this lifetime, and naturally, I didn't want any part of it.
0: When, when were you poisoned?
1: I was poisoned, uh, actually, um, you have to understand a little bit about time. And in order to answer the question, yeah, tell chron- us about time. chronologically, it was, it was in time, my last life, but it was actually eight lifetimes ago. Because when you die, and you drop your body, you do a shift in space to the between-lives area, and you go through a series of very suppressive implants, which I can describe to you in great detail, if Tell you us. want me to. But I want to get to the point of what okay. I'm saying. You know, Then I can go back to this. It would be non-secret to her if I did it the other way. Um, anyway, when you come back to the physical universe, You don't only do a shift in space, but you do a shift in time and there is no guarantee that if you dropped your body in 1988, you would come back in 1989. You could just as easily come back in the year 1200 or the year 3000. Actually, there is a chronological time stream or range where uh, the Between Lives area is set up where... um, for 3,048 years in either direction, uh, you could actually come back earlier or later, or you could come back in simultaneous time, where you could physically be operating two bodies at once without knowing it. Let's say you died in 1988, you could come back to life in 1962, and you could, in, for the period from 62 to 88, you're physically operating two bodies, as a thetan, but. In your own time track, one is really before the other in sequence, but in the chronological time track, which has nothing to do with real time, you're physically operating two bodies. For example, when Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone, simultaneously someone else invented it in Europe. And when Bessemer invented the steel process, a guy named, um, I forget the name, but there was someone else uh, who invented steel at the same time. I have it. It's in one of my books
2: book
1: by whom? By L. Ron Hubbard. And what actually was, these were the same person. What, what they book? They were the same person? But operating two different bodies. What book is it of Hubbard's that discusses this? It's actually a tape. It's a tape called The History of Man, which I have. I know exactly where to find it on the cassettes. It's the third tape in the series uh, called The History of Man. I know my, my library. Okay. What are... What? But, what was what was I, wasn't I saying something before we did this? Oh yeah, so you could, um, you could actually conceivably come back in a different time zone. So when I say it was my last lifetime when I got poisoned with the milk, chronologically it would have been because it happened in, in the 40s after World War II. I had been in the concentration camp. My name was Mordecai Kuswitz and I lost four children. I lost my wife and then I got married. I went after the war. I was the only one in the family that survived. I had a lumber mill in that lifetime in Poland, in Katowice, Poland, and uh, I uh, survived the war uh, uh, and I went to Tahiti and I I met a girl there named Gabrielle Johannes on the island of Morea and she was much younger than me. I was like 53 at the time and she was like in her early 30s and uh, she was unfaithful and she poisoned me with milk. Now you know it's a funny thing. Three years ago Part of my training in Scientology was to go back to that island and find this lady, who is now an old lady. You found her. And I found her. You found what's her name? I found Gabrielle Johannes. She was living in Papaete. And I found her, and I confronted her with this, and I said, "I don't. You're not going to believe this, but but were you ever married to a Mordecai Kuswitz? And uh, uh, she was like taken aback, you know. And I finally. After explaining what had happened, and I had been in Scientology, and this is what had been tra- transpiring, she hugged me, I forgave her, and everything was fine. And now, bef- uh, uh, I-, I did a partial release on the lock of milk. Lock means, well, you know what that means. Um, well, tell us okay, well, when you have a lock, it's a series, a chain of incidents. It's, it's not like a, an engram, because you're not feeling pain and unconsciousness, but just the very thought of milk, turning me off. Like if I couldn't watch a television commercial for milk because I would get physically sick. I would experience somatics. But now I can watch that commercial. I still won't drink the stuff, but I I actually de-intensified the effect of the milk by actually confronting the incident. Exactly how did you do that
0: in that particular
1: case? In that particular case, by actually going back and confronting the death, confronting the, the place where it happened, and then confronting the murderer the lady who did it, and forgiving her, and telling her, I'm still okay, and you're okay, and we're friends, it de-intensified the, the anxiety, shall we? I can use your language once in a while, too, uh, of, the, um, of the incident. And it, it reduced the charge. It reduced the charge of the incident. And, you know, uh, it was a great thing to do. It so was th- part of my, part of my handling in whole track, is, was to go back and actually locate this incident, locate the person, de-intensify the, the charge on the incident, and that was a major breakthrough I had in, in knowing with total causation that I really lived before. But there weren't a
0: lot of things that had happened on the whole track you couldn't go back and actually confront. And of course
1: not, but that you do it on a gradient scale. Okay, You do it on a gradient scale with current lifetime so that you could then uh, not have to Q&A with the reality of it. Mm-hmm. You follow what I mean? Oh, yeah. Now, but
0: how would you de-intensify on things that had happened in, in past lives where you couldn't do it in
1: this body? You exteriorize. What do Co- you mean by that? <laughs> look, at the, look at this lawyer I got. Uh, you, you have to leave your body. You have to be outside of the body so that you can travel through matter, energy, space and time, location, form and event without the uh, constraints, shall I say, of the physical body. Let me explain something to you about the physical body. You think you see through your eyes. You know something? Did you ever have a dream? Yes. Were your eyes open? No. Did you have pictures? Yes. What is that? It's a dream. It's a dream, but you're seeing things. You have visios. You have actual mental image pictures that you experience in your dreams, you don't need your eyes to see. If you could picture for a minute what it would be like, like I know, have reality, and when I'm outside of the body, I see 360 degrees around. I don't have to look with blinders. These two eyes are blinders. I don't have to look at you through two messed eyes. Messed is an abbreviation for matter, energy, space, and time, which we use in Scientology. You, you don't need these ears to hear. You just, you just know that you can hear, and you hear. How did you learn to go exterior? Well, there's various processes that are... That are tell, uh, us, tell us about some of them. Well, the easiest one is be three feet in back of your head and know with stability that you're there. You also can hold all eight corners of the room and don't think. That's another process. If you only see four corners, that means you're looking at them. But if you can hold them, Physically hold them with, by putting out a beam, you see? And not just looking at them, but putting out a, a tractor beam or a presser beam. You know, there's different kinds of, of, of flows. These are f- different flows that you can put out. And for example, for one, one situation which is very easy to do. Go down to a, any cemetery and put out a flow to someone trapped in their dead body. And you can actually get them on their way to the between lives area. Some people are so are so bad on confronting that they think that they're still they are still their dead body. You go to a morgue. You can go into a morgue and look at all of these slabs of people lying in, in, in these uh, in these you know uh, in the morgue. And all you have to do is get into communication with one of them and they'll they'll think god's talking or they'll think uh they'll think all kinds of weird things you know have you ever done that yeah i have when did you do it oh i did that back in uh 83 i I went with bonnie mott we went to a morgue <laughs> you know uh-huh. and we uh we we actually uh uh went there on the false pretenses to as if we you know, to identify someone because she really it's hard to get into a morgue telling them that you want to spring people out of their bodies but we did this as a drill and uh, she and I, well she, I put out a beam and she saw this beam Were you exterior when you did this? Yeah. You mean you weren't in your body? Well I was in my body but I was vacillating out back and forth. I put the beam out and then I, I had to get exterior to locate the beam so that it would get to the right place, because I had problems doing this while in the body.
0: How did you go exterior on that occasion? Do you remember? What mechanism did you use?
1: Well, I just located myself in—I uh, just located myself in space and time. I didn't—it's—it's it's, it's, okay. N- what you were you going to say? It's. what? I'm sorry. Go on. You locate yourself in space and time. See, there's one thing I have to explain to you that may help you understand, uh, Mark especially, because you know all this. Uh, we, You're in your body, I'm in my body. You have your energy flows, I have mine. And we're in this space, but you're in your space and I'm in my space. But the thing that, that keeps us keeps us imprisoned is time. We are both in consecutive moments of now. And that's the key to exteriorization. Time. You don't have to be in now. You can be in then, you can be in... To be, you don't have to be stuck in now-ness. That's with ness That's why Earth and this physical universe is a
2: prison planet. Can you exteriorize while you're sitting there talking to us?
1: Yeah, I, I just f- find it very awkward to be able to... I just would find it very awkward at this point because I'm not comfortable, you know. Well, uh, maybe,
2: maybe later then. Maybe later. But my question is, when you exteriorize,
1: what happens to your body... It stays where it is. I can talk through the body, but I can just, I can perceive different, in other words, the walls get very soft, like they're not there. You know, a lot of times I'll be sitting in this chair, and all of a sudden I'll I'll get really frightened because I don't see this wall. I see the whole length of the next apartment. You know? And I've I've never been in that apartment. Never. But I, I know where everything is in there. Do you? Because <laughs> I'll i be sitting through right here, just I'd be reading a book. Of course, you know I I, I don't read anything else, but L R H. And I'll, all of a sudden L R H. L. Ron Hubbard. Okay. And I'll sit here, and all of a sudden, I have to I, I, I like I really lose it because I don't see this wall. I mean, I see a whole series of rooms, you know, and everything gets so everything around me, including what's under me. And that's another thing, when you when you can actually see through the floor and you're looking down eleven floors you get really <laughs> shaky because you don't you realize you're you're only in a you're, you're in up in space and there's nothing holding you up here. <laughs>
0: you, were, you were one time telling me that you could drive your car when you were exterior.
1: Oh yeah yeah a lot of times well that's an automaticity. An automaticity is very simple you set the body on automatic when I do a wedding I'm very rarely around.
2: What do you mean you're not around? I'm
1: not around. I, I, the, the body does the wedding, says the words, goes through the, the vows and sometimes I, I come back to the body in the middle of the ceremony and say, what the hell am I, where am I, where, what did I say last? Who got paid? You were the exteriorizing person. <laughs> the body got paid. The body deserved it. It worked. I didn't do a damn thing. <laughs> but sometimes I'll be like in the middle of the ceremony and all of a sudden I'll come back to the body because I was, I was in Australia somewhere. And uh, I, I don't even know what I'm doing. You know, like, I, I have to catch myself and, and, like, backtrack and see where we were, you know, where, where the body was, you know. Whenever I say where we were to Dr. Geertz, he says, oh, that's schizophrenia. But it isn't. It's actually the thetan and the body uh, interacting, you know. Dr. thinks you're schizophrenic? That's, that's, unfortunately, that's the kind of a doctor he is. But, uh, uh, the, you know, in, in the average layman psychologist... Uh, I'm not putting you down, but I'm, I'm just saying the average WOG, you know, would, uh, WOG psychologist, I should say, would, uh, would come to that conclusion. What is WOG? WOG is an is a, uh, acronym for Worthy Oriental Gentleman. I should bring my dictionary here. You're going to ask me a lot of questions. And I don't want to give you tech which isn't standard. Tech? tech. What's tech? Tech. Technology
2: that's that's your belief system
1: yes yeah, don't don't worry don't
0: worry about talking Scientology if you want to use the vocabulary yeah but he's
1: confused You say I'm giving him all kinds of MU's and I'm gonna I'll I'm, tell you I'm, what I'm MUs? <laughs> misunderstood words okay. and I I he'll, I'll, I'll, he'll soon be be doping off you know
0: well but sometimes <laughs> just run for a while with it when Mark can't stand it anymore he'll ask you for a definition maybe sometimes yeah, ask, ask me for a definition
1: well, what is wog what does wog mean a wog is, is a is a pejorative term for for uh, Like a non-Scientologist scum, you know. Uh, It it means we're the oriental gentleman, but it also means the world operating genetically. That's the real definition. Who is a WOG, then? Anyone who is not a Scientologist, anyone who who is not aware of the fact that they're a spiritual being, operating a body rather than being a body. So then am I a WOG? Well, I hope you're you're one of the better ones.
0: (laughs) Presumably all WOGs, presumably... All suppressives are wogs. Well, right?
1: all, in order to be a No, no, no. Well, when you once you're a suppressive, you've been declared a non Scientologist. By but, whom? But I, that's that's an interesting point. I never really looked at that before. Uh, that's like one of these syllogisms, you know, that you that you get when you study logic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're supposed to look out for things like that and in in, in in method in word clearing, you know when people do those generalities. That's a typical psych reaction, by the way, okay. to give me a, a glittering generality like that. Who's, who would be a suppressive? Well, uh, if you hand me my introduction to Scientology ethics, I can read it to you, but I can tell it to just, you without just tell it, to us. it. A suppressive is, is basically anyone who does not follow the 10 points of KSW, of keeping Scientology working. But more than that, uh, not only not following it, but actually suppresses uh, the Church of Scientology, suppresses a Scientologist's right to go up the bridge. Uh, It's anyone who commits a high crime or an act of suppression which results in real negative statistics for an org or, or or for any of the dynamics actually. How vital is a
0: Scientologist's right to go up the bridge?
1: Well, there's two rights that have been interfered with in the physical universe. And those two rights are, are the right to one's sanity and the right to leave the game. Did you know that? Have no, you heard that not before? the
0: second one,
1: no. Okay. The right to leave the game. If a person does not want to, um, to be here, and if a person wants to go to... I hate we, when that happens. Why don't we... Okay, let's go back to
0: the question I think we were talking about before (coughs) the phone call. I was asking you to explain the importance to a Scientologist of going up the bridge.
1: Well, the bridge represents the levels of awareness, knowing how to know. And at the top of the grade chart, you enter a phase where you are not dependent the, uh, upon the physical body for any reason whatsoever. You operate by postulates. You say, let there be light and there is light. In other words, that's a postulate. And you don't need any of the barriers of the physical universe in which to operate.
0: Now, is it is it you or do you mean when you say you in that explanation you the thetan, or you the body
1: no we're talking the, the thetan. Okay. the body is the genetic the genetic entity so the the you in this that there is th- no body you you are not a body I understand that's the whole point I'm trying to make
0: I understand so that it's the thetan that gains these abilities yeah through the processing
1: yeah the the, the genetic entity is no different than a genetic horse or a cat or a dog. Mm-hmm.
0: Are, are these new abilities that the Phaeton acquires, or are these old abilities that the Phaeton always has? These
1: had? are the, exactly. They're old abilities that the Phaeton l- learns how to reacquaint himself or herself with. You mean
2: I have these abilities?
1: Absolutely. It's Absolutely. only a matter you, it's, all... it's a matter of the, the fact that they're occluded. Your abilities are hidden. They're occluded because of all of the uh, overts that you've committed along the line. How did it happen that the thetan lost the abilities? Because the thetan became the victim of his own trap. He built this trap called the physical universe because he wanted to create randomity. And he wanted to create, in other words, a big game where picture yourself knowing everything there is to know and knowing how to know it. And there is an element of 2.5, which would be boredom on the tone scale. There would be an element of, well, we know all there is to know, so what else is there? So we created the, the element of being slightly unknowing in order to enjoy re-knowing. Do you understand what yes. I'm saying? The, the purpose of, of, um, of setting up the physical universe the way we did was to create a game. But unfortunately, we created the game, it's like, very there's a very good analogy. When they built the atomic bomb in the 40s, they, they didn't build the cure for the atomic bomb. They just built the bomb. And the same analogy, the way I learned it in training, is we built the body and the physical universe without the way to unbuild it or uncreate it and that's what Scientology does. Scientology is the method of uncreating the physical universe, uncreating the mess that we're in and it can be done in a variety of ways. Uh, One of them is uncreating time itself because very few people realize that there is such there's such an illogical thing happening here. We have three-dimensional space and we only have two-dimensional time. That is totally absurd and ludicrous because when you think about it, why should time be moving in one direction with consecutive moments of now? Why shouldn't time be moving in any direction you cause it to move? If a
0: thetan regains its lost powers. What's it capable of doing?
1: It's capable of knowing, being, doing, and having whatever it wants. Can it?
0: Does it have power over matter, energy, oh,
1: space, and that's time? The, that's, that's one of the byproducts of regaining this ability.
0: So it could postulate whole universes?
1: Exactly. You can build your own universe. The PDCs teach you the Philadelphia doctorate course lectures teach you how to build a universe. What do you mean by build a universe? How to create your own universe. Forget about this one. You could postulate a universe and build it better. For example, in the PDCs, uh, uh, it, it talks. Uh, Ron talks about, um, about God's mistakes in creating the physical universe if he, in fact, created it, which we know that he didn't. Uh, he created us, allegedly. That's the eighth dynamic theory. And, uh, of course, it's also in my book of life, too. Uh, God created us as, as Theta. Uh, in the book, I say, as pure thought. And we built the universe. Because after all, if God is infinitely good and truth and love, why would he create a universe whereby every time we had to eat, some plant or animal would have to die? How, how important
0: is it to you personally to regain your Thetan
1: powers. It's the most important thing in my life. I would do anything it takes to do it. Anything. At this point, uh, in fact, I found out that um, <clears throat> Cult Awareness Network has some hidden Scientology data. Are you aware of that? No. Well, I found out. I made some calls, and now I'm trying to, um, of course, I'm operating as uh, as a squirrel, you know, obviously, because I can't do it standardly, but I have to get this data no matter what it takes to get it. What do you mean as a squirrel? Well, a squirrel, oh, I didn't bring my tech dictionary back down here. It's well, up there. You know, a squirrel, the defi- you know the definition. A squirrel is a person who perverts Scientology, who alterizes the tech, and who... Uh, um, tries to delve into offbeat practices which are not approved up lines by Scientology as, as, uh, as what is standard.
2: Why do you squirrel?
1: I'm a squirrel now because I can't go up the bridge and I need to get the data. How can I go up the bridge now when I'm, when I'm declared a potential trouble source? What is up the bridge? It's everything. Up, going up the bridge is the bridge is Ron's streamlined, uh, Ron's streamlined gradient scale of awareness.
0: But what are the what are the actual steps of going up the bridge? In other words, the, the steps you would like doing, to be able to
1: take. Doing steps in in uh, in being processed. You do the objectives, and then you do. Um, uh, you go first through clear, and then you do the clear certainty rundown, then you do the OT levels one through eight. Um, before you do clear, you do the, um, uh, the NED, the New Era Dianetics uh, uh, levels. You can, you can also, there's two alternates in that area. You, if you don't go clear on, on NED, then you can do the power processes. There's various methods. There's a, there is a grade chart, which I can show you, which indicate the path. To go up the bridge, and I can explain it to you if you like. How far up the bridge did you go? Through objectives.
0: That's all. You didn't do any of the O.T. I
1: did it on the le- on the left side of the bridge. On the training side. Right, right. Do you know who Zimu was? Zimu, no. Zimu. It doesn't ring a bell.
0: Never heard of the Emperor Zimu.
1: No. Okay. Nope. Who is he?
0: For me to know and you to guess.
1: Oh, I can look it up if it's here.
0: Maybe it's not. Maybe it's in upper-level materials.
1: Hmm. How far up? OT3. Well, as I say, I... I, uh... What,
0: What would happen to you if you were exposed to OT3 materials before you were ready?
1: That would be the end, basically. What would happen? Well... Uh, th- I'm told that uh, if you if you see it, you could you could physically die. Your physical body could die.
0: Would you start freewheeling? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, freewheeling or freeloading, and that's, that's a joke in Scientology. You know what that freeloader is? Is a person who leaves his post. Um, no, uh, I I was told that that if you if see the wall of fire materials um, before you've been trained on the preps, then it's too unconfrontable. To handle. I at this point I'm willing to take that shot. And what happens to you? Describe what would
0: happen if you started freewheeling or if you saw some of this material when when you weren't Well you do a bunk
1: to the between lives area. Do a what? You do a bunk to the between lives area. Which means um I wish you'd get the dictionary. I, I, I
0: you need the dictionary?
1: No, I don't need it. I just want to tell it to you standardly. Okay. I think you ought to have the dictionary if you need it then. Well, I mean, I just don't want to... It's very important...
0: We'll we'll get you the dictionary.
1: Technical dictionary. Second shelf, uh, seventh book over. Right. Left, 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 left. Right. Okay. Eighth book. All right. Good. Yeah, I I shifted the books the other day because I I, uh, needed room for a check sheet. Okay. Doing a bunk. It's very important. That's when you leave the body and...
0: Uh, you don't want to go past a word you don't understand, do you? That's
1: right. I, I don't want either any of us to have that problem. Mark doesn't realize the problem with that. Um, <clears throat> the body collapses, the heart is still beating, the lungs are still breathing, because the genetic entity is running those, but the thetan is gone. That's what we say colloquially over the hills and far away, and he's now passing Galaxy 18. The person shoots out of his head, and he's on his way. He hit the dispersal just adjacent to a ridge. That's doing a bunk. In other words, but it's worse than that. If you see material of O T three, you you would be the effect of everything negative in the Between Lives area. In other words, the wall of fire is um, what? Go ahead. Okay. When I was in in Denmark, in Copenhagen, I I did this this um, I did training uh, on the left side of the bridge, and part of it was confronting some of those materials, even though I wasn't processed uh, up there. You see, you can go you can go all the way up the left side of the bridge too. Are you aware of that? Yes. Okay. Which this means is, which means that you can you you can train your way through a co-audit up to the highest levels, which would be class 12 on the left side. Which would mean that you could audit somebody. On OT 7 completion. Higher, a higher level than you yourself. Exactly. Because an auditor is senior to a clear. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah.
0: But then how would it be that you could audit somebody on materials that if you saw, you would start freewheeling on?
1: When you're, No, when you're auditing those materials, uh, you're able to confront them because the auditing TRs, the TRs you use to audit them gets you to confront them.
2: Okay, can I just stop right here? I want to know a few things. Yeah. What do you mean by auditing?
1: An auditing uh, process is where one person listens to the other person uh, and they go through a series of questions and drills in order to make the able more able. That's the basic definition. Person asks you questions? Yeah, they ask you questions which can be on a check sheet, uh, but auditing is is where you're causative. You don't really rely on the check sheet all of the time. You have to be able to produce an effect. The effect is getting to the person the, uh, up to the next level. It's 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 actually um, a process of getting the person through that grade. Okay, but auditing
0: is more than just
1: asking questions because you're on you're on the cans. The auditor. The auditor is watching the the reads of the person who's on the cans. That's the E meter. Yeah.
0: And what, what, what's happening with the E meter? Can you just explain that for Mark?
1: Well, the the E meter is giving you uh, uh, giving you reads, uh, f- floating needle and and rock slams. If you have that, different things can happen. You know. Um, <laughs> what would you like to know about the meter? Typically, in an auditing situation, you would be, let's say you were the pre-clear. I would, you wouldn't see the meter. This is an e-meter? This is an e-meter. Say hello. Uh, That's when you do tone 40 on an object. You know that drill, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) Let me talk my microphone. (laughs) Where do you, where do you get this e-meter from? You buy it from any central organization. Who makes it? Uh, Bridge Publications.
2: I mean, Scientology sells it. Too? Sure.
1: It's about thirty-five hundred
2: dollars. This one that I'm holding. Yeah. It's called the A Mark Cupboard Super Seven Professional Mark
1: Super Seven. Right. Now, what do these things do? Okay, I can explain it to you. This is this is your tone arm, okay. This is the most important dial on the meter because it indicates whether a process is flattened, or whether it has to be audited out until you get a phenomena where you go on to the next process. Um, this meter is very, very unique because it gives you a digital read on the tone arm. You may not have even seen a Mark Super Seven. Haven't. You've, you've seen the six, right? Yeah. Okay. This gives you a digital readout for the tone arm, which that does not do follow also your needle uh is of a much better quality the, the needle itself um is calibrated better you have um, they even have a remote tone arm now which i would love to get but unfortunately they won't sell me one you know but they have a remote tone arm which you can can work from from a different uh, direction the idea of course um well in on, on the upper level processes when your exterior to be able to use the remote tone arm would be a great You mean great when advantage. you're exteriorizing, when you're out of your body? Yeah. You do solo auditing. When you do solo auditing, you don't hold the cans. You're holding them upside down, Mark. You don't hold the cans like this. You hold them like this with one hand, like this. Yeah. And you, you get your reeds uh, and you write the reads down because you're auditing yourself. Can you audit yourself for us right now? Yeah, well, sure. What would you like to? What would you? What would you like to know? <laughs> Why don't you tell us about something? I'd have to. I, he won't be able to see the meter when I'm doing this, though. Uh, you can. Okay, I'll I'll attest to what's on the meter. Okay, right. let me get it to the point where I see when you audit yourself, you're, you're sending it a lot differently from where you when you audit others. All right. Because, for example, um, here should I show you the? You know, you're skipping a lot of uh, skipping around. Sh- shouldn't I show you how to how the meter works? As far as you auditing me, for example, why don't you audit Mark?
0: Audit yeah. That way, that way, the the meter could could be seen. Could be seen.
1: Okay, I will right, well, hold hold the cans like this. Let me just get everything set up here. Hold on a second. Hold them. No, not like that. Each can one one can in one hand. Don't squeeze them too hard. Just a gentle squeeze. Hold on. Most men audit, by the way, at two, and Marx auditing uh, Marx. Uh, we're setting him around two point four. What does that mean? Well, women audit at three. <laughs> you know that, don't you? Yeah.
0: No, oh. but I've never had any
1: left side. Does that mean I was training? a woman in a past life? Oh, well, yeah. I think a lot of us have been. Okay. Okay. What were well, you just thinking about? It. What? What were you just thinking about nothing you were to... you were holding a thought there, maybe all right, hold on, okay, just stay there right there, okay,
0: now be careful, don't ask him anything too embarrassing.
1: Oh, I'll ask you an easy question. Have you ever lived before? I don't know <laughs> He's telling the truth. it fell. <laughs> The meter fell. In other words, I, I can show you. It went all the way to the right when he asked the, the question. Um, do you consider yourself to be a, a competent attorney? Absolutely. Good. <laughs> Very well done. Um, is the sky orange? No. No. See, where it went?
2: Except there's something I just noticed. Yeah. I squeezed the can slightly and, and it, it, it jumped. Well, you're not supposed to do that. But it's, how do I know to keep the exact same pressure on When you said, second?
1: is the sky orange, and you said no, it showed a lie reaction because at the end of the day, the sky is orange. And it showed that you're... You see, it contacts you, you as a being, not as a... As a it contacts the, not the analytical mind, Contacts the... I mean, if it doesn't contact the... Uh, uh, it contacts you as a being.
2: No, and the Phaeton.
1: The In other words,
2: you're saying this has no scientific... Oh, sure it does. You just lied without your knowledge and it picked it up. So if I lie without... If I do not purposefully lie, you know it I'm tells saying? me that I lied anyway. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So if my subconscious knows that I lied...
1: It'll indicate it just like it did just now. But you said it's not the subconscious. Well, it's, it's the Phaeton. The the, the, you as a being okay. always knows what's real. All right. Ask me something else along those lines. Well, give me a, uh, uh, let's use why one of I, a check sheet. Why don't we,
2: sheet. we show the meter to the camera, hold it up towards okay. the camera.
0: Yeah. Right. And, and well then I, just I, ask I, a question so that, okay. so that give the me camera a, can see. Give me one of those
2: check sheets.
0: Uh, well, that, just, just ask a question you know and then we can do the check sheet in a minute but just just ask any question while the the meters to the camera okay well just a second are
1: you holding the cans the same way yes no sorry all right hold on just a second okay all right what was that thought what did you just think of
2: god i wish i could lose some weight
1: <laughs> <laughs> you see what happened as he thought of something without me doing anything the meter uh, indicated a... Uh, a thought? A fall, yeah. Okay, let's just... But let's... I'm always thinking. All right, let me... Now, try not to think of a pink elephant. Are you trying real hard not to think of a pink elephant? Not at all. See the reaction? Falling needle.
0: Now try... Now try manipulating the cans with your hands for a moment, Mark.
1: Wait a minute now, that that's not right. Why would you want him to do well, that? Because
0: I want I wanna I just want to see the, the needle move in response to physical manipulations of his hands. That's all. Okay.
1: In other words, you're trying to discredit this meter. No, no, I'm not
0: trying to discredit anything. I just wanted to see it happen.
1: You believe the meter works? Oh yes. So then why would why would you uh want to tell them away uh, any type of process that that could could throw the meter off. Can I ask you a question?
2: Has it ever been explained to you, in Scientology, through your studies, exactly
1: how this works scientifically? It's an galvanometric response, which has nothing to do with moisture on your skin, like a lie detector. It contacts the thetan, the beingness, through the vessel that you're operating, which is the physical body. But how scientifically does it? How mechanically does it do it? Well, let me ask you this. Why doesn't a lie detector uh, machine... Because that measures uh, uh, physiological responses like sweat and the, the the reason why a lie detector doesn't work is because when you finish telling a lie, you're still sweating. You don't start unsweating. Whereby, when you lie on this, uh, the needle will have its reaction, and that's that's it. It, 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 it contacts not you, but you, but but not you as a body, but you as a phaeton, not the conscious level. You. you so know. the way you find things out in
2: Scientology is you get hooked up to this, you hold these two cans. I hold the cans. And somebody asks you questions.
1: Or I would audit myself. I can do solo auditing. I mean, And that's... that's how you find out about your past lives? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you get, you get reads. So from these cans and
2: this machine, you found out about the experience you
0: Everything. had with milk? Being okay.
1: poisoned by milk? What are some of the other... But I also have the mental image pictures, and I can contact those images.
0: What are some of the other events from your various past lives that stand out as most significant.
2: Well how far back do you want to go?
1: Go back as far as you can.
0: Just give us, give us your hit parade of the most significant, okay, the most 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 significant
1: uh, event that uh, I wrote about, in fact, that, I guess that would be the most significant event. You're talking about a book you wrote? I'm talking about a book that I wrote, the binder is falling out, you're not being careful with this Mark. I told you not to be sloppy. Okay. What's the name of the book? The Holy Book of Life. And I found out who I was and... Look at what you did here. All right, look, I just have to take better care of these things. Okay. The Holy Book of Life by Malchut the Antichrist. That is the most significant event on my time track. Okay,
0: just tell us about that event. For the moment, put the book aside and tell us what you discovered. And in fact, if you can remember, it would be very helpful if you could, could explain how it was
1: that... I learned what, the information. ...what led up to Fine. it, exactly. There was an image a mental image picture, which I found, uh, which the auditor found, of this, the first scene I recall to do with this incident, is where I was trying to reconcile an estranged, lost relationship. I hadn't seen this family member, at that time I didn't know it was my son, I hadn't seen this family member ever. But I knew uh, where he was and I knew how to reach him because I found out uh, some of the things he was doing. And I confronted him with the fact that I was his father and the image that I had, the mental image pictures, the first mental image pictures of this was of this son of mine cursing me, beating me up urinating on me and exposing me to all kinds of degradation. And we went to the beginning of the incident and we went back and forth and and finally uh, I found out, the whole image came through very clearly, that I was Jesus Christ's real father. That uh, I was a neighbor of his mother four houses down. And his uh, mother... uh, was only 13 at the time I was 16 and she used to go out in the morning at sunrise to bathe and of course there was no indoor plumbing 2000 years ago and of course I was I had always found this girl very attractive and sensual and you know one of the disadvantages of remembering your past lives is that when you find somebody in the past that means so much more to you than you have found in this lifetime this lifetime seems very unreal. Have you ever noticed that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the point is, uh, Mary, his mother, was very, very sexy and sensual. And every morning, I used to watch her bathe, hitting, h- hiding behind the bushes. And uh, I would get very excited, and I would masturbate, you know. And this went on for, like, months, seven months or so. And, of course, eventually, she caught me. You know doing this, and there was a big flap over that. but in the meantime, I made her pregnant artificially because the the sperm the semen went through the bushes through the water about four feet away, and penetrated her. And when she found out she was pregnant, they had a doctor who examined her and to see whether she had been uh, 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 whether she had a, a sexual intercourse because that would have been grounds for a stoning, you know and they found out that she was intact. Her, uh, her hymen was still there. And, of course, what happened, one thing led to another, and the family decided to uh, make a big PR m- campaign out of this and blame it on God. They had this, this uh, rabbi, Zacharias, who um, uh, came up with the idea. But anyway, that is how uh, Jesus was really born. But what happened was, I never really uh, had a chance to meet him because, uh, when I confronted Mary with it before she had the baby, she denied the whole thing and she was like very adamant about it and, and never wanted to see me again. But thirty years later, when I, uh, when uh, he was preaching outside of the outskirts of Jerusalem, where I had moved to, I left that city, and I was, um, I was in business there. Uh, I went to see him to tell him who I really was. We even looked alike. We physically, the mock-ups, the bodies, looked alike. Of Jesus? Yeah, I looked like him. I'm just an older version of him. But he was so outraged. I think, in fact, I know he believed all the garbage that he was the who he thought he was. You know, the Son of God and all this other stuff. He was that deluded that I couldn't even go into a good ARC with him. What's an ARC? Affinity, reality, and communication. When you have find a level of agreement and consequently uh, he became really in theta about everything and he started to uh, to to hit on me you know and he beat the hell out of me really.
0: How many auditing sessions did it take before all of this emerged?
1: Oh quite a few I would say close to uh, probably between 15 and 18.
0: Were they consecutive or did this happen over a long period of time?
1: It happened over a two-month period. We, it wasn't necessarily consecutive, we handled other things and then we went back to this because there was always charge on this incident.
0: But you keep going back to this with the auditor?
1: Oh yeah, the auditor brought me back to the incident because it was it was so heavily charged on the meter he was getting all kinds of weird reads Uh and it had to be flattened and we, and, and a lot of problems, for example, Uh, we started in this lifetime. We started, well, uh, when I was four years old, every time I used to see a church, I used to feel angry. I used to feel this intense anger, you know. And uh, even uh, after that, we're we're, we're tracking backwards now. Originally, first thing I did wrong, I I, I spit at a church, you know. And uh, then there was such anger uh, prior to that, and uh, like we, we tracked it back, and we found out, interestingly enough, Not only was I his father, but that was my last lifetime, last lifetime. As I told you before, uh, the chronological time has nothing to do with real time. The time that I was uh, in a concentration camp in Auschwitz, and I got out of there and I married this Gabrielle Johannes and got poisoned with the milk, chronologically was my last time, but that happened eight lifetimes ago. My last lifetime in real time, in my real time track, which has nothing to do with your time track or your time track or the time track of anyone else was this very very pressing incident which was which was that my being jesus Christ's real father is that why he has such a big charge on it oh yeah because it was current it was thoroughly into re-stimulation every time i would see a church or a crucifix or a picture of him or an image of him or an image of the the scene or the condition or the incident and I was like violently flung into a stimulation like wherever I would go because there'd be a church on almost every corner. You know, and this this was really affecting my sanity. The fact that I had this intense charge on something I knew nothing about.
0: How aware of you how aware of the re stimulation were you before you came across his
1: imagery? Quite aware of the fact that I would get, I would get like goosebumps and tremble and feel this this hot and cold running flashes you know every time i would see a church i i could never confront going into one i would go on these tours of these ancient churches and i could never walk into one and even with my parents who were who were uh, conservative jews and you know and like it was they they said it shouldn't mean anything to you because you're not a christian you know why should it matter why don't you want to go into these churches and i just said i can't go in there i would i would i felt like i was not able to breathe the minute I even came close to a door, now I've walked into Arabic mosques and I had no charge whatsoever. Walked into lo- loads of temples, but the minute I got near a church, I I, I-, I got these terrible somatics all through my life. And in fact, you asked me before if, if uh, about past lives. It, it, yes, I, it, it comes back to me that I felt there was something there. I felt that like, that there is some real serious. Uh, Overt, well, I'm using their words now, but okay. I mean, there was some real serious problem. And of course, uh, the overt was fathering a person like that, because he was, a, um, he was basically a terrorist. He was, uh, um, he was promoting these illusions of fear and death through, um, uh, through uh, the Bible. I mean, not through the Bible, of course, because the Bible was written after him. But the fact is, in his in his lifetime, he was like saying that that the only way to reach God is through him, and all of this stuff. And if you don't do it his way, you go to hell. There is no such place as hell. Hell is the between lives area, and the mental image pictures within it. Did did you tell
0: people in the Church of Scientology about these realizations? Of course. How did they react to
1: them? Even I'm talking. You're talking about after they happened? Yes. <laughs> I became a, an instant star. They said I was the one who was going to destroy the Christian church and all of the, the, they were looking for me. In fact, I had to go to Flag for a special briefing because they found their guide. I mean, they, there's been other cases like that when they found, like, Einstein, you know, and they found some other major people. And because very few people are important, and even that role would have uh, unto itself been unimportant, but the fact is that the person connected with it was so important and I, they found the real Father of Jesus Christ and they could prove it on the meter and show the world what stupid bullshit... Pardon, oh, I'm on videotape. But, <laughs> it's alright. Okay. <laughs> when did you go to Flag? I went to Flag numerous no, times. No, but for this in connection time. with this incident? Right. Uh, in 85. What is Flag? Flag is the Sent the central organization of, of the upper levels of Scientology, where, where you—in other words—certain things can't be done other than in flag. So I had to do my FPRD, you know, my false purpose rundown. Certain things had to be done in connection with this incident.
2: all right The first call that you got telling you that your medicine was coming. Right was by leona
1: yes leona and she said that that the best thing to do as soon as it comes is to drink the contents okay did you open
2: that package when it was yeah ron? what was in it
1: all kinds of things uh, green thing fluids and uh drano crap i don't know what it was it was okay. it didn't stuff it was poison basically you turned it over to me right yeah i i because I, I i don't even i didn't want to do it i decided by that point that the book was more important i had spoken to ron and I decided the EOC was not an alternative unless this didn't sell. See, If this doesn't sell where people don't read this then what good is my life? You got a second package? The second package, I opened the top of it and they were were, uh, some kind of bottles about six, seven bottles. Did Did you get a call
2: in connection with that package? Yes, I did. Was it before or after? Before. Who called you? Ray. Ray Ray Jordan. Jordan. Why would Ray call you the second time as opposed to Leone? I don't know. Okay. What did Ray say?
1: He told me that it's a spray and I was supposed to breathe it in. What did you say to that? I said, we're still talking about the EOC. He said, yes, we are. This has to be handled.
2: That's a package you also turned over to me. Yeah. Right? And we also showed right. the FBI agent yesterday both packages That's right. one and two. All right? What about this package?
1: They didn't tell me what's in the package.
2: Charlie Fox called. And when did he call?
1: You he got called, this package today, right? Yeah, but he called on uh, either Monday or Tuesday. Of this week? Yeah. I don't know exactly when. I think it was Monday. So that
2: would have been either October 31st or November No, 1st. It, was, it was Tuesday. November 1st?
1: Yeah. And he said that this is the last package you'll ever receive. I'm fed up with you. And he hung up. And then this package came? To Yesterday. But I didn't, uh, we didn't, we decided not to bring, not to you open You didn't want to pick it up? I didn't, I thought it was, I didn't want to pick it up. Okay. I'd like to know what's in it.
2: Well, we'll turn it over to the FBI as they requested. Let me ask you a few questions about some of the other past lives that you've had. Sure. Okay. Do you recall anyone's significant other than being Malchut and the oh, concentration yeah. camp?
1: Yeah, I'm talking about lots of them on the whole track, you know.
2: Any that lasted any particular great length of
1: time? Well, there were jobs where I, were, where I was on post for a long time. There was a job uh, where I was the spatial conceptualiz- conceptualizer of the galaxy. Where? Well, this was again in the Avadellagarian galaxy. And when was this? Forty-one and a half trillion years ago, I
2: believe it was. What'd you do?
1: I put things in size place. In I organized everything. How long did that last, that job? Seven, eight thousand lifetimes.
2: Lifetime of how long?
1: Probably longer than here, about hundred and ten years each one. Did that
2: experience have any effect on your current
1: life? Yes, because I can't live like a pig. Like my ex-wife, I I can't. You you saw her house today. It was a cyclone, right? I, I imagine.
2: I noticed your apartment is very organized.
1: Well, like except, even the wall uh, behind you. Be- well, I'm getting there because as I put these tapes in the new boxes, these are these. See, I have the third largest collection of L. Ron Hubbard's uh, library in the world, and this means a lot to me this having this of this data I mean I don't care if if, as long as I have this near me I can survive you know in this particular body
2: when you say putting these tapes in new boxes are you what are you doing
1: well I I bought these new boxes from New Era Productions which is an org for three dollars a box and now I'm transferring the old boxes they gave me labels see they gave me they never do this for anybody they did it for me they gave me blank labels and I'm to put the the um, I have a, a 1500 of them in the kitchen let me ask you this the first four rows can yeah
2: get get a pan of those those are all labeled right
1: I ha- my, I had to buy a machine to make the tapes that machine there that machine make cost sixteen hundred dollars just for these strips oh. okay. that's the machine right there it's a it's a uh, Croy 190 because you can't put data like this in junky boxes are these things are these tapes organized in any order by
2: yes in chronological order according to lecture number and you've got them all organized
1: up to this point, up to tape 2293. How about the rest of the tapes? Well, they're in chronological order too, but the numbers aren't on them. But I, I have a list, which I got from Ken Denderfeld. He, in 1978, he made a list for the Sea Org of the numbers, and it's, it's actually confidential information, because only, only gold has it, but I got the list, oh, about five years ago.
2: And your job as a spatial conceptualizer, what was your responsibility?
1: To make sure everything in that galaxy was in size place.
2: Did that have any effect on the way you've led your life here, other than being orderly and neat? Oh yes. Like what?
1: For example, when I have soups in the house, and I have alphabet soup, yeah, I have chicken noodle soup or tomato soup, which I don't like. Tomato, I like potato soup. So when I have these soups, I eat them in alphabetical order. When I go to buy the soups in the store. If I want to eat minestrone, which starts with an M, I'm not going to buy chicken noodle soup because I've got to eat the chicken noodle soup first because it starts with a C. I'll buy minestrone and split pea, because if I want to eat the minestrone, I'm not going to buy a, a, a C or a D or an E soup if I want to eat the M
2: soup first. Doesn't that make it a little complicated about when you want to have soup? No,
1: because I do things in... I do things in... in I, don't, I don't believe in randomity. I believe in doing things in a certain organized way. That's why I would be a very good Sea Org member. Because when I went and cleaned up their warehouses and put all those tapes in order, they said, this is another hat you have. You're the librarian of the planet. <laughs> you know. How about some other
2: experiences you had in past lives?
1: Were you we on any other planets? Oh, yes. Like what? Markab, prior to this one. Where was Markab? The Markab Confederacy. Markab is known as the asteroid belt. It was the planet between Mars and Jupiter. What happened to it? Jesus Christ blew it up in another lifetime of his. And we were forced... See, Hebb, Mars services... Mark... It used to service Markab, and then we did a shift over to Earth. We use the same between-lives area. There is going when, to... When the Earth ends on September 9th, 1997, we're going to have to do a shift to the between-lives area for Newark tourists. The Earth is going to end on September 9th, 1997? It's in my book. You're certain of it? Oh, that. yes. I, I was, I'm certain of it because when you exteriorize and you check the future time track, you see that people are not coming back after nineteen ninety seven. They're being shifted onto New Arcturus and the the risk of this is very severe. Do you know the suffering that you go through when you have to go up a complete evolutionary spiral? When the last Holocaust occurred on Earth which was about four billion years ago, we had to take whatever bodies were available and we had to take the bodies of single celled protozoans. And from that we went up the evolutionary line. You're saying that we were more advanced before then? We were like this. We just blew ourselves up, but the Earth was intact. But right now, with the nuclear uh, threat, what's going to happen is that we're going to be another Marqueb. The Earth's gravity core is going to explode. And we're not going to be able to service... The Between Lives area will no longer be able to service Earth. So we're going to have to do a shift to the Between Lives area adjacent to New Arcturus, which is where Ron is. He's there... In the event that I can't stop that by, tra- by trapping Jesus Christ in his current lifetime, then obviously this planet will no longer be serviceable and then we're all going to be joining Ron on New Arcturus. Who's Jesus Christ in his current life? I can't mention, I can't t- talk about it. I can't even tell you. Why? Because I don't want this data given out. It's, it was given to me. It was given to me on, uh, on the strictest confidence, and it's part of my mission. If you read the Holy Book of Life, my mission is to exteriorize Jesus Christ and put him uh, in a, in, put him, out of ARC with everyone. And once that occurs, Earth will be okay. Now, wait, wait a second. When you say exteriorize it, how do you intend to do that? Not with R245, believe me. Nothing. I nothing that involves any violence. I'm talking about get him out of his body, coax him out of his body, and put him in, a, in put him basically in a in a null sequence where he can no longer get into ARC with anyone else here.
2: Why can't you tell us who he is?
1: I can't tell you. I'm the attorney. He, I'm here to help. You. I know that, but I can't tell you because it, it uh, I can't have any. The, my immediate life is not as important as my mission, and when it comes to that, I can't disclose the information.
2: Is he an American?
1: I can't discuss it. Why?
2: Well, there are a lot of
0: Americans. I won't be able to guess. You I just mean, you me told it. him
2: where. If you told us where, He's an, an American. He's an American. Yeah. Is he a Floridian? I'm not going to discuss There are I'm 14 million, million people it. in Florida. I've, He's not better odds on the lottery. He's fight. not a Floridian. He's not a Floridian.
1: But that's it. That's west of the Mississippi? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Actually, there are 12 east. million people Actually, west East of the <laughs> Mississippi. New York, huh?
1: He lives in Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> no, and I'm not going to discuss it any okay. further. Okay,
2: all right. Um, all right, on, what'd you do on the Markhab planet or the Marcap Confederacy? I
1: collapsed foreign currencies for a living. You did what? I collapsed foreign currencies for a living. How'd you do that? very simple that's that was my training at that point that was why another reason why I was chosen to well anyway You're chosen to do what to by the organization to to go into uh, becoming a stockbroker yeah because on marcab what would happen was um, uh what would happen was this there would be a currency that was w- looking to borrow money from the main uh, lending institution of the planet. The politics were a little different from here. And as soon as this country wanted to borrow money, the lending institution, of which I was their computer operator, would say, fine, you got the loan. You can pick up the loan for your country on such and such a day. At that point, I would start selling their currency short on a commodity exchange. Uh, and what would occur is that when you sell a currency short, there are no, there are no buyers, there are only sellers. And everyone would be panicked into selling the currency because we were controlling we were like the World bank. That's the analogy I can use. And as I, as I sold the currency short, everyone else followed suit, and there were no buyers, and eventually, for example, what i would do is i would buy the currency back just before it went bankrupt at the bottom Follow? and in this way we collapsed currencies how we would do it is very simple the minute we uh, the minute uh, we when we would promise to give them the loan we would we would find some excuse not to loan them the money meanwhile we had already taken our position selling the currency short when we refused the loan everyone else would start to sell the currency short and we f- <laughs> virtually collapsed the currency. Was, wasn't that wrong? No. <clears throat> Why not? Because that was my job. It was not. That was how. How politics were on Markab. In fact, Peter Letterys gave me a, uh, an award, which is hanging up on my wall right there for doing that. Did you ever see that award? No. We'll, we'll and I was. I was it in who's, who's Who in Technology today. For, for collapsing
0: currencies. You. There's an actual publication that you have a copy of. That yeah, that's a legal that?
1: document. Okay.
0: Peter Letteries gave that to me as a gift. But you said you were in Who's Who of Technology Today. Today,
1: as a as a as a currency collapser. Do you have a a copy of that? No, but it's a, it's available through the Library of Congress. Well, tech, Who's Who
2: in Technology Today is a Scientology. No,
1: it was he he did that as a as an as a reward for an Upstat. He entered me in, Who's who in Technology Today, because on the whole track I collapsed
0: currencies. But Technology Today is a Scientology publication. No, it
2: isn't. No. It is not. It's a WOG publication? It's a WOG publication. So then how would they recognize such a thing would
1: they, which would make any sense to them? He had, he put me in the magazine and there's my award.
0: Have you ever seen it?
1: I got this award in the mail. But
0: have you ever seen the magazine?
1: Uh, not in the magazine, it was a book. Yes, I have. In fact, it's in my North Carolina house.
0: So you have a copy of
1: it? Yeah, somewhere up there. Okay. Okay. In in
0: your whole track experience, did you get involved in any events that were fairly common in the whole track experience of other Scientologists? Oh yes. What were some of those?
1: Well, polishing the the same brick on Arslicus. What was that? Ten thousand lifetimes. Have you heard of that? That oh, you mentioned experience? it, but was yeah. that was that fairly common for Scientologists?
0: I think so.
1: I think so because it was part of our. Where is that? uh, That, give me that page for a second. I'll show you.
2: What's that you're looking at?
1: Well, I'm particularly referring to a um, a track map, which indicates that Arslicus is a place where roads were built in space, Mm -hmm. and my job was to polish the same brick for 10,000 lifetimes. After the body would die, they would immediately give me another body. They would keep a body in porn and give me a new body. In fact, here it says, Tracks of, of Pieces of Body Held in Porn. This is a relationship of the thetan and the genetic entity in this particular Is like a,
0: a place that other Scientologists would be likely to yeah, recognize Yeah, except the they spelled it,
1: it wrong. Isn't it interesting that on this map, it's, I don't know who wrote this, but this, they spelled it wrong. They spell it A-R-S-C-L-Y-C-U-S. The correct spelling is A-R-S-L-Y-C-H-U-S. So
0: Arslycus would be a name that would be recognized by other Scientologists because it was part it's of the It's in here. Con- oh, okay. Why do you <laughs> I read it from the technical dictionary? Sure. <laughs>
1: I thought it was. It isn't.
0: It isn't. I thought it was. But where does it figure in Scientology mythology? In what? In Scientology mythology. Mythology!
1: What What a suppressive thing to say. Okay, (laughs) what what word would you prefer me to use? Scientological track history.
0: Okay, in scientological track history.
1: <laughs> Mythology. Oh boy! <laughs> Don't do that to me, please. Okay. You like? You want me to like you? In, in, in track history. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, well, here it is. This is a this is this is a track map, which is not which is not only for me. It's used by Scientology to track incidents. Uh, and here it is. This is not so.
0: Arslicus is a place that every Scientologist who had been been processed to the level that you had been processed would, would have, have had some
1: interaction with. Okay.
0: What are some other common place names or common experiences? Markab.
1: In fact, here Markab I think is for sure in here. Uh, and needless to say, I didn't look them up because I I know them so well. Markab Confederacy. okay Okay? various planets united a very vast civilization which has come up forward through the last two hundred thousand years now that's wrong because on my uh, track it it, uh, was four billion years ago and it was destroyed by Christ was Mark a a
0: place written about by Hubbard in some of his science fiction writings I don't think so so do you have any idea how it, it gets into the dictionary
1: well, because of a lot of... Uh, first of all, I'll tell you how. It was on St. Hill Special Briefing Course Number no. 291, which is uh, here. Um, yeah, I see it. Hold on a moment. It's a, a tape called Auditing Comm Cycles, Definition of an Auditor,
0: uh-huh.
1: which is... Uh, St. Hill Special Briefing Course 291 uh, done on the uh, um, 6th of August, 1963.
0: And what does Hubbard say about it on that tape?
1: He said it was a decadent, kicked in the head society with um, much of the same type of uh, things you see on Earth. In fact, what is the dictionary? It probably has that here. Ah, here it is. It's a sort of a decadent, kicked in the head civilization that contains automobiles, Business suits, fedora hats, telephones, spaceships, a civilization which looks almost exactly like a duplicate but is worse off than the current U.S. civilization. It's right here. Let me ask you this. Since your
2: time track differs from what is in that book...
1: Right. Only because the
2: dates are wrong. How did you come upon your time track through the e-meter? No, through audit... well, the auditor, through my auditing. Okay, but did he use the e-meter? Yeah. So it was the e-meter that was verifying the time?
1: Yeah, we went through different interactive cycles where Christ was a part of destroying civilizations that I had lived on. That was the essence of the search. Did Christ keep coming up in your time track? No, not at all. He came up once before, uh, before this time. And that occurred at the very beginning when... It's my whole uh, write-up on this. is actually a KR, a knowledge report. This this book, and in my chapters of the Holy Book of Life called Creation and Illusion. The first experience I had with Jesus Christ, uh, who suppressed us and trapped us in our physical bodies, is all outlined in the book. All of this data, by the way, in the book, is based on auditing cycles.
2: It's except the E-meter
1: the e-meter except i didn't say that in the book because i didn't want uh... people to to know that it came from scientology Why? because i want them to get the data at the appropriate time once they see this book and they know the data eventually i will come forward and tell them that it show them with the meter if, for example when people talk to me uh... later on after the book is well accepted I'll bring my meter on television and I'll show them exactly that I was his father. So,
0: all the content of what's in that book are realizations that you had.
1: Cognitions. Let's cognitions. use the right terminology.
0: Sorry. Are cognitions that you had during auditing. Exactly. How would you. Can you just describe the process whereby you would arrive at a, at a cognition? Pick one out of there or just make. or do a hypothetical. And just describe the process whereby you would come to a cognition and come to recognize the truth of a cognition.
1: Well, there's many ways to do that. One of course is to, is to uh, do the formulas uh, outlined in self-analysis. Here's an easy way. You come up with all the perceptics connected with the mental image picture. And the auditor will ask you, well, what did it smell like on that day? What was it raining? Um, Who is around you? What voices did you hear? And eventually you synthesize everything to do with the mental image picture. You don't just have a Visio. You have a Visio which is more real than you're sitting in front of the auditor. But
0: but how for example would would, um, you start out a session and would the session progress back to the point at which...
1: Well, the first part of a session is seeing if there's any present time problems, right. doing your rudiments, you know. Right. And so
0: you'd be asked if there are any present time problems, there'd be no read on the meter and you right. could go on. Right. right. Then what would happen next? We
1: would establish goals for the session.
0: Okay. How would that occur?
1: Well, the auditor would ask me what do you... what are you trying to... what, would you, what do you wish to accomplish in this session?
0: And then give me an example of what you might say.
1: Well, I would say, I w- here's an example. I'd like to find out why I didn't like milk.
0: Okay, and then what you would know? happen next?
1: And then we would discuss, the auditor would direct me to view certain incidents in my lifetime regarding somatics on milk.
0: Okay, so you would go to the earliest incident.
1: All right. We'd run it like an engram. Right. You know.
0: Okay, so you run it back through this life. Yeah. And then would you just go past lives on it? Yeah. And.
1: Because, for example, on milk, my mother once drank milk while she was carrying me. And I vomited in her stomach. I vomited. And I, I went through the incident vomiting in her stomach. Well, how did that come to pass?
0: Uh, okay, L- let's say you get that cognition and you've got a charge on it on the meter. Right.
1: I actually vomited again. I was vomiting there. But I was not there. I was in my mother's stomach. Okay. How How would the
0: charge on that cognition be reduced?
1: We, I'd have to keep reviewing the incident and, and, and uh, re-stimulating it.
0: Until the until you no longer got a read on until the Until I
1: no longer had a read and then we would go to an earlier incident.
0: And so you would just keep looking for an earlier incident until one occurred. Yeah. And then you would it's describe like doing that,
1: fish and fumble. And know? then
0: you would describe that incident fully. Right. And then you keep reviewing the incident until the charge Go to
1: the earliest incident on the track that you could find where there's any charge. And then what we would do is we would do a check. I would go to a past life while I, where I loved milk. See? Mm-hmm. And that was like a control in scientific terminology. Where I would find a lifetime prior to that where I loved milk, you know, and I would be drinking milk, wasting milk, feeding milk to babies, you know, all the different things you can do with milk, uh, even a milk enema, you know, and uh, I found that, well, at that time I was fine, you know, that was after the milk issue had been destimulated. So we wanted to make sure it wasn't from an earlier incident. You follow? Mm -hmm. So that's how it works. And whole track incidents are run the same way. For example, um, take for example this one. 955 quadrillion years ago, Mm -hmm. where I smashed a bubble of light. It was a crime. It was an overt act. Because that light was a source of theta, was a source of of pleasure, shall I say in, in English, for other Thetans. And I deliberately smashed a bubble of light and inhibited theta by creating N theta.
2: This is what I'm trying to understand. How did you
1: come to that realization? You're sitting there
2: what cause that thought?
1: That thought came from a a lifetime where I was blind. And the way I found this incident is to go back to the first time that I did had any overt on light. This is how the processes work. Let's say you have a somatic, like an upset stomach or an ulcer. You look for anyone close to you that had an ulcer, like a father or grandfather or someone. Then you look for the overt act that you where you harm that person. But how do you find it? You're sitting there with an auditor, right? You review pictures. You mean you All you're doing when you're auditing is reviewing pictures. You're reviewing mental image pictures that the auditor asks you to look at. Okay, how does you know which pictures, how do those pictures come about? Does the audit- auditor says, what's that picture? He's looking, I'm here with the cans and the, the, the meter is here. I don't see the meter. Right. I'm, I got the cans in my hand, like right. so. I was like, my needles up, okay. <laughs> I, I have the cans like here, so, and he, he's saying, let's look at some pictures. And... Did you close your eyes, how do you...? <laughs> he's actually going to do this, okay. <laughs> you know, he would have been such a great Scientologist if he wasn't a... A walk. <laughs> This guy, he would have been, you know where he could have gone, he could have been in management, this guy, you know? Okay. Uh, So anyway, I'm looking at pictures. You got it set? Yeah. Good. Okay, it's flat. Okay, good. You know what you're doing. Okay. Which sensitivity did you use? Oh, okay. Ah! Okay, Okay, don't
0: second-guess me. I know. I just want to
1: make sure. Uh, (laughs) Because you haven't used the Super 7 yet, you know. That's right. And I'm looking at a picture, because this is how I'm holding the cans, you know. And the auditor says to me, uh, look at a picture, uh, for example, right now I'm thinking of a, of a picture um, that's unpleasant. Follow?
2: Yeah.
1: And I'm getting some charge on it. Do you see? Mm-hmm. Okay. And what we do is we look at that picture until the charge on it is gone.
2: But how does the
1: auditor know which picture you're looking at? He asks me. He said to me, Look at a picture of, let's say, uh, well, I'll, I'll use the milk example again. Let's say you look at a picture of you drinking the milk that Gabrielle gave you, which was poisoned. Okay. How does he know to ask that question? Oh, well, let's say we've gotten to that point. We, we, we review an incident, then we look for an earlier incident. He'll okay. say, let's look at an earlier incident. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you... So he asks you an open-ended question, what do you see? What do you
2: hear? And you come up with an answer of what you see or what you hear? Right. And then from there,
1: he asks another question? That's right. All right. And he gets, he gets the reads, and, and the auditor directs the show. He directs the session. Based on what he is reading on the meter... Why don't you think about
0: the time when Umberto cut your finger cut your your uh, arm. Think about it now. Okay. Go
1: back to it. Yeah.
0: Can you be there? I'm there. What does it feel like?
2: (sighs) Painful. Very painful.
0: Come back to the room. Okay. You here Yeah. Okay. I must have had the settings wrong on there because we're not getting any reaction on the meter.
1: Uh, you're reading me on low. That's why. Oh, okay. All right. Put it on what? <laughs> let me, let me just <laughs> you can only read right a person that you're reading me on a on a okay. setting for 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 people that trim, aren't Trim clear. this.
2: Trim this down and set it. Set it the right way. Okay. And then we're gonna do this again.
1: I have to do all your work for you, Jim. All right.
0: Yeah, I haven't had any training.
1: <laughs> Hold on. First of all, you were reading me on low, and you were reading me much too high for that setting. Oh, okay.
0: Sorry.